Welcome to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And that was Herman. I'm Paul. Glad to have you with us. We've been talking about steps for transformation. Mm -hmm. And Herman, last time, the big El Cabong, you gave me one thing. Mm -hmm. Trust God. Well, obviously. (laughs) That's that's an obvious one, right? Right. No, no, no. I mean the fundamental change, right? You've been giving me these steps, learn, apply, serve. You've broken down for me 2 Peter Mm -hmm. 1 and what I needed to follow in verses 5 through 9. And 45 minutes afterwards, I found myself in a dirty diaper, and you lovingly said, well, Paul, take a look at Romans 7, 18 and 19. Yeah. So I need prayer. I need help. Yeah, we all do, don't we? Lord, thank you so much that your way is always right, and you have left us with this sin nature. Maybe it's just because you want us to see how much we need you. And Lord, we do need you. We do need to be looking at you and and, uh, giving all diligence to add to our uh, faith the trust in you to do what you're asking us to do and obey you. In your precious name, amen. Amen, and thank you. So we've been talking about steps to change, and Mm -hmm. we've been talking about it for a while, and you've given me learn, apply, serve, and you've broken these three categories down into steps that show up in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. Right, and let me give those eight steps to you. Just keep repeating them because we're going to get through all of them eventually. Faith is the first one, virtue second, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. And the way you can take those eight steps and make it a little bit more memorable, because it's tough to remember eight things, you can use learn, apply, serve. So learn would be the faith, virtue, and knowledge components. The apply would be the self-control and perseverance, and maybe some of the godliness And then serve would be some of the godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. So that is a way that you can think about the transformation. If you're wanting to be transformed, if you want any part of your life transformed, if you're wanting anything to happen in your life in a godly-oriented way, these are the steps that God has laid out for us. It's very interesting to see how much we ignore this. We think that there is something that that is just going to be so-called magically happened to us. Yes, God can do that. He is able to do anything he wants. At the same time, he has specifically stated in verse 5 of 2 Peter chapter 1 that it is giving all diligence reminds us of our responsibility, that we have a choice to make, that we have great reasons to choose to look at our life differently, but it is also part of our choice. It is our responsibility. Okay, well, with responsibility, my Bible tells me that I can do anything through Christ who inhabits me. That's exactly right. So why do I look at these things in my life that I need to change and I think I need to do it on my own? It's because we have this sin nature that's left with us. <laughs> what you were just referring oh, to. That, yeah, you were just referring to that in Romans chapter 7. And that sin nature is constantly working against us and the faith that God has given to us to trust in him. 
them. That sin nature is constantly saying, no, 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 no. You're a smart enough guy, Herman. You can figure this out. You don't need to trust that God's word is right. And look at that, how that works. It's the only strategy that Satan ever uses. Did God really say? Did God really say? Sometimes I don't think I have enough faith and I need to ask God for more faith. Oh, wonderful. I'm glad you reminded us of that. That's exactly right. Sometimes we get into conversations with people and they are either praying for more faith or they're asking the Lord in that conversation, I need more faith. No, God has allotted to you, verse 1 of Second Peter chapter 1, that he has allotted to you a faith that is just like the faith that the apostles have. That's what it says right there in that first verse. Now, and the, you gave me the analogy of me versus a bodybuilder. And yeah. you said, what's the difference? And I was like, duh. And you said, <laughs> Paul, you have the same muscles they do. So where's the issue? The issue is they are exercising their muscles, and I'm not. And you're not as much as they are, right? That's how it typically works. (laughs) (laughs) I just wish it wasn't so obvious. (laughs) So the issue for us, it's the same in the spiritual realm. He has given to you a mustard seed of faith, and the issue is are we nurturing it? Are we developing that? Because that's all we need is just that. And it is a matter of how much we're exercising that. So the issue for us now is to take this faith that the Lord has provided to us and use that faith to consider that it is something that's going to happen through me as I trust the Lord. And that's the very first of the eight steps. Now what we want to do is take that faith and apply it to something specific. Notice what he says secondly. Add to your faith what? Virtue. Well, I don't know what to do with that one. You know, some people would say, what, so what is this virtue that I'm su- supposed to be thinking about? What is this? I'm adding to faith virtue? I'm to be trusting the Lord about what virtue? Well, that is something that's very, very interesting to me, because if you think about this, you can go read some commentaries and it'll give you some thoughts along this line. The virtue would be the concept of goodness and moral excellence. Add to my faith a thinking about moral excellence. Add to my faith some thinking about the virtues of Jesus Christ. Add to my thinking some thinking that says, here is the way life is best lived. And I I love the little starter kit. If you want just a little starter kit of uh, virtues to be considering, just consider the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Would there be any one of those nine elements that you might go, Lord, I need to work on one of those. (laughs) (laughs) There might be some real issue for all of our life. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust solely in you that you can do this through me. I'm going to have the faith in you, and I'm going, to, I'm going to ask that you work in my life along the lines of this one particular virtue. Well, if you don't want one of those, you know, another starter kit would be the Sermon on the Mount, humility, dependence on God, gentleness or meekness, desire for personal righteousness, mercy, Be pure in heart, inwardly clean, a peacemaker, 
accepting persecution. <laughs> would any, would I'm you sitting wanna... over here laughing because you just keep throwing these boulders at me. So now I see, you know, Paul going, look, if this is too much for you, Philippians 4, 8, right? Just think on good stuff. All right. It'll get you there. That's and that's a terrific one. That would be a great one to even consider thinking about transforming your life. Lord, am I transforming my life by having just right thinking? Am I thinking about the right things? Am I thinking about those things that are true, just, noble, pure, lovely, of good report? Am I thinking with anything praiseworthy? Boy, I'm going to have faith in you that you can drive that type of thinking in my life on a more consistent basis. Wow, that's a that's a great place to start too. That's the concept of virtue. Which virtue will I choose? I have the faith. Which part of my life am I going to start working on? You already know that you have the faith. It's the can you, will you, when? You know, can you can you start working on one of these virtues? Yes, you can because the faith has been given to you. Will you is the problem. The issue is you're not willing to choose it, and that's that's where we want you to go right now. Ouch. Can you, will you win? And fear not. You can go to greatrelationships.com, grnumulatrelationships.com, and boom, there it is. There's a study guide. There's videos. You can even find a radio tab to listen to this program and share it with others. And for those of you already there, thank you and God bless you for your prayers and your supports of this ministry. We'll be back right after this. Great Thoughts for Great Relationships Knowing and practicing this definition of love is the key to all good relationships. Love is seeking the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You don't have to sing the blues about today's issues. Learn to think biblically with Worldview Academy's Bill Jack with simple tools for brain surgery. Muslims believe that women are nothing more than chattel, property, much like a piece of furniture. A Muslim male may have up to four wives according to Islamic law. If a wife displeases her husband, he can divorce her simply with no obligation. She, however, has no recourse legally. Islam is a very chauvinistic, male-centered worldview that oppresses females. Jesus, on the other hand, liberated women. He treated them with respect and dignity. Paul wrote, In Christ is neither male nor female. The Redeemer Jesus came to offer salvation to all, men and women. That's true liberation, another simple tool for brain surgery. To add more tools to your kit, call 1-800-2411-123. You're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Before the break, you were talking about all these things that seem to say that God's interested in our thinking, but all I can remember is Matthew 15. What comes out of the mouth doesn't defile the mouth, but it betrays our heart. And mm. you're saying to me, well, wait a minute, which is more important, my heart or my thinking? Yeah, that's, that's a great question because if you read in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the heart represents 
more of the idea of the seat of man. We have, in other words, the very innermost part of man. When we think about heart, we think about emotions. We think about feelings. We think about things that are divided from thinking. That isn't what that word typically means. It means the innermost part of man. So we're talking actually about the same thing. Whatever proceeds out of my mouth is what is I'm thinking about. Whatever comes out of your mouth is a good tie-in to this concept of virtue and values. What you value are the things that of your mind are focused on, and those are the type of things that are going to form your thinking and the words that show up out of your mouth. I love that. That's a very, very good idea to consider here. In fact, let's throw this out real quick. How could you know what I value? How could you know that by two simple little things? What could you look at in my life to try to determine what I actually value? Your schedule and your checkbook. That's exactly right. Just think about that. Everyone needs to be considering something that simple. We have a tendency to think, well, I don't know what my values are. True to a certain degree, and that's the reason why we have in Chapter 1 this whole vision and values exercise that I love for people to go through. But you pretty much can know typically the things that you value by where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? That's something that will start showing up coming out of your mouth also. The things that you value are the things that you're going to spend time on and talk about also. So that's something to consider here. And the virtues that you want to add to your faith that the Lord is asking for you, if you want your life transformed, you better be thinking about the values and the virtues of Jesus Christ. You better be thinking about the things that Jesus wants to have in your life. You better be thinking about the things that form the essence of what God is saying is the most important issues of life. It's not whether we have money, it's how we think about the money. It's where our values are. It's those type of things that we need to consider very strongly. And we said that if you want to consider the virtues in your life, a little starter kit would be look at the fruit of the Spirit or look at the Sermon on the Mount. This feels a little bit like getting a drink of water from a fire hydrant. Let's make it simple again. Well, I'm a little overwhelmed. Help me here. I'm sorry. Okay, let's make it simple again. What the Lord is asking us to do is have faith in Him, that His way is right, because He has given us all things for life and godliness— and he allows us to partake in his image, and he is helping us escape from the corruption that's in this world, okay? So if I want my life transformed, I look at what God has done for me, and I add to my faith that he has given to me a simple virtue that I want to choose to let my life be more reflective of him. That's the simplicity. I simply need to look at a virtue. If I want my life to be different, what virtue do I need to choose to let my life be different according to God's way? Because his way is the best way. That's where we started, right? We're not wanting a better life. We're wanting the best life. And the best life involves these virtues that we're talking about, the fruit of the Spirit, the Sermon on the Mount, those type of things. So choose one. And when you choose one of those, then you have an option. The next step, knowledge. That's the next step. Okay, so we have now completed the first three elements of the learn step. And we'll get into this knowledge here in a little bit. I want my life changed. Well, we need to follow the big categories of learn, apply, serve in the first 
learn category, I'm going to recognize that it's faith, that I'm going to choose a virtue, then I'm going to get some knowledge about that virtue. That's where we are right now. You've also said many, many times that knowledge is not transformation. Knowledge definitely is not transformation. You do not get transformed unless you go all the way through all eight steps. That's what's so marvelous about thinking about this. I have stated to you on air here many times, I hope, uh, that I was pretty much stopping at the second of the categories, learn, apply. And if you stop at the apply, and if you are so enamored with knowledge, and you're so enamored with studying God's Word and everything else, you're not going to end up seeing transformation come into your life. You're going to have knowledge. You're going to have learning. You may even apply it to yourself. But you're not going to have the concept of godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. And that's where the true transformation shows up. It's taking what you know and putting it into practice, not only in your life, but through the service of other people. That's how true transformation shows up. I don't want to overthink this, but is this possibly why we tend to compartmentalize our lives? Yeah, because we have a tendency to think that there is knowledge that's more important than the knowledge of, about the Lord, and we end up taking that knowledge and applying it to our life and thinking transformation. And yeah, we're going to change. We're going to change, but it's not going to have the best life. It can be a better life because you're thinking differently. I mean, I have my quiet time. I read God's Word. It tells me to do it, so I get to learn, and maybe I get to the apply. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to give you the best life because the best life comes from serving. That's what we're going to get into eventually and show you why that is so, so important. So where we are now, just to uh, back us up a little bit, we're in this learn phase. We have faith. We choose a virtue. Now we need to start considering knowledge. And when we're talking about knowledge here, it's not the same knowledge that we see back in verses 2 through 4. Verses 2 through 4, it talks about we have have this exceeding abundant, uh, exceeding great and precious promises through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Savior. That knowledge is an intimate knowledge. This knowledge is simply intellectual knowledge. What do I need to know about this virtue? What is it that I need to know about this thing that I'm going to put my attention on right now? So whatever this virtue is that I've chosen, I need to start getting some knowledge about it. That's that's where we are right now. Okay, so I, I just need to recap real quick. So in Second Peter, verse 1 through 9, basically, right? Right. I start off in verse 1 and 2, and I'm talking about this knowledge, this factual knowledge. Right. In, 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 in verse 5, that's where we get to the factual knowledge. The earlier knowledge was this intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ, this intimacy with him. So it, it goes beyond the, the knowledge that we're talking about here. Okay, well, the reason why I'm asking, if I'm honest when I start this, and I'm a believer, right? You start talking about faith, and all of a sudden I have to dial back to Hebrews 11.1, 1, what is faith? Mm-hmm. And then when you started saying virtue, it was like I'm scratching my head and I'm taking notes open unfortunately you can see me but it's like so what are these virtues and you start giving them it's like whoa 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 this is a little overwhelming okay so if if we go back to the virtues and simply say i want some more peace in my life that's that's where i want to see some transformation in my life that gets you focused on just one thing don't think of all of them just think of the one thing 
I'm going to have faith that the Lord is going to show me those things in his word to add more peace to my life. Because he says in verse 2 that he has given me all things for life and godliness, and therefore I simply am wanting to apply this one thing to my life. Okay, so I really want to get through, and I know we're not there yet. I know we're not talking about the apply phase yet, and we're not talking about these other things. But in primary and secondary choices, I've heard you say that sometimes my actions are just busy. They're not choices. Right. So so how do I know whether I'm actually making choices or I'm just being busy about what I thought were my choices? Well, it's what you're wanting to attain to. It's what you're wanting to uh, aim at. Are you wanting to glorify the Lord more? Well, then these are the steps to help you do it. If you're, if you're just wanting to gain some knowledge, it probably is going to be less than that. I want to I glorify the Lord more. I want to see my life re, re, uh, reflect more of this life that God has already given to me. Okay, because my puffy self, my intellectual self, was starting to get a little puffy, and you just made it simple. Wait a minute, Paul, what are you doing? You're trying to get facts, or you're trying to glorify the Lord. Mm-hmm. Greatrelationships.com is the website. That's grnumeratelationships.com. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. When stress hits the system, pathology overrides theology every time, unless you are sold out to the truth. Dr. Marlon Howe. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Great Relationships, that's grnumeratelationships.com is the website. If you need to go there, for those of you who've been there and doing the work, God bless you. Thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. Herman, in the eight steps to personal transformation, you said it boils down and you put them into three categories, learn, apply, serve. Today we're talking about the learn phase. So recap for me. Yeah, we're, we're only talking about the first three steps there in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8 is where the steps are talked about. We'll actually go beyond nine and eventually when we get down there. But 
in this learn phase, we have faith, virtue, and knowledge. And faith is trusting something outside of yourself, trusting the Lord and what we're asking. Who is your who said so? That's what we're asking you to consider. The who said so is Jesus Christ, the God, the Father. That's who we're trusting and utilizing the energy of the Holy Spirit in us. Now, the faith that I'm going to have, I start adding to that faith a virtue. What virtue in my life do I want to see blossom? What virtue in my life do I want to see more of? And we gave you a starter kit to pick from the Sermon on the Mount, the the, uh, uh, fruit of the Spirit. And here's here's the one key thing to help us not be overwhelmed. Just pick one. Just pick one of those uh, those elements to start working on, because that leads us then to the third step, which is knowledge. Okay, faith. I choose peace. I want more peace in my life, or I want more gentleness in my life. Okay, then. Let's go into God's Word and start studying God's Word. Get some knowledge about gentleness. Where is gentleness showing up? How is it supposed to reflect in my life in a practical way so it's not just a word? That's what we're, what we're talking about here, to, so, that, so that it becomes easier for me to grasp at this point in time. What if I want joy? What about that? What if I look left and right and say, you know what? I'm generally happy, but there's no joy in my life. That's another one you can just go get some knowledge about. The issue for you is first start with God's Word and then go see what the secular research says about it. That's what I love to do. I love to uh, go look at what God's Word is saying and then go find some secular research on that particular term also to see how it fits to God's Word to see how they're trying to think about some practical ways for that to show up. That all fits this concept of knowledge. Just go get some knowledge, uh, knowledge about that virtue that you want to see. It's this practical knowledge. It's how to ha- handle life successfully. It's understanding life drawn from God's word. It's practical discrimination of good and evil. It's all of that knowledge. Thank you for saying that, because you just said, you know, go check what the world says. And whenever I look at worldly wisdom, I find it wantingly short of what God is offering. And yet, there are typically things in it. This is why I like to go look at it. There's typically things in it that are practical ways to use it. And you can often find some reasonable research that is close enough that you can cite to say, if you're talking to a secular person or audience, and here's some ways that joy can show up. This is what we do with great leaders. We've taken the fruit of the Spirit, even love, and teach it to leaders from the viewpoint of, I want you to pursue the best for the people that are following you. Well, I'm telling them to love them. I would, <laughs> that, that is not a, that's not a term that I'm going to stand up and say to a lot of audiences. A lot of folks don't know that you're an executive coach, you know, so I can just see you standing up in front of this group at a petroleum conference going, okay, I want you to love your... Yeah, but I can say, I, you know, great leaders pursue the best for the people that are under them, constantly thinking about what's best for themselves. That's what we're talking about here. Find some research that actually helps you make that more practical to your life. So faith, virtue, knowledge, deepen your desire for this transformation. The more knowledge you get, the more you're committing to seeing this actually change your life. You're basically saying to the Lord, Lord, I do want to see 
see my life differently. I want to live this life that you have already given to me, because I know that if I'm not doing this, I'm not going to participate with you in eternity like I could, because this life is this life of learning to be able to be more like the king that you're going to set me up to be in eternity. That's really pretty scary when you put it that way. You know, I, I, I think all the English literature that ends with saying, I'll see you at the weighing in. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. there's, <laughs> there's always a sense of balance. And it's pretty scary to think of just a picture of here's what God gave us that we could have been. And here's where we fall wantingly short. Mm-hmm. But my choice. Yeah. I, it, this really will make a difference in your life. And let's, let's try to make it as simple as possible here. First, it starts with your thinking. It's not what you have. It's not your body. It's not your relationships. It's all about your thinking. And what are you willing to think? Are you willing to think that you can trust God or trust something other than God? Well, if you're going to think that you can trust something other than God, you're in trouble. So I'm asking you to please think about trusting God. That means that drives you into, I'm going to have faith in God, and I'm going to choose one of the one virtue. That's all I want you to do is choose one virtue. That's the only thing I want you to remember with all of this. I'm going to choose one virtue, and I'm going to get some knowledge about that and start applying it to my life, where we're going to go in the future. So the issue for you is the one thing, go to the starter kits of the fruit of the spirit or the sermon on the mount. Choose one. That's all I want you to do and go get some knowledge about it. There you go. Thank you, Herman. And I would probably add to that. Go to the book of Hebrews, read Hebrews 11, 1, and then read Hebrews 11, 6, and then go back and read Hebrews 11, 1, and then listen to what Herman just said. Yeah. Grab a starter kit. So there you go. Great relationships. That's gr numeral 8 relationships.com. And until next time. How's your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow, I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Have you ever had days like this? (laughs) Neither have we. That's why we recommend great relationships. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others. Kindly, patiently, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.